All right, it is February 9th, 2022, roundtable time. And you're thinking, well, roundtable, what the heck is that? Well, this is the Lawyer Talk Roundtable. We are no longer combining the roundtable sessions, these lengthy, I, I'm not even going to use the word intellectual debates, but I will. I, these lengthy discussions about what's going on with Norm, uh, what's going on with me, what's going on with Brett at Circle 270 Media. Now, he's he had some family emergencies he had to attend to, so couldn't make it. We'll give him a pass on this one. Um, Jared on the men back soon. Uh, but these longer roundtable discussions where we kick around political issues, we kick around freedom issues, we kick around uh, sometimes nothing, but we make it sound really good while we do it. Uh, we're gonna. I'm carving these out separately. You can still catch it all at the Lawyer Talk Podcast uh, website. That's LawyerTalkPodcast.com. You can also go to wherever you subscribe to podcasts and look for Lawyer Talk Off the Record. That's where we. Uh, that's where they all live. So without further ado, let's get to it. So we got Norm here, Brett not, and uh, it's roundtable time. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Now, I think the first most important thing of the day is Norm's a criminal. <laughs> I, I met him at First Watch over this morning. Uh, he got in a little before I did. He drove his car over to First Watch, parked uh, right there on High Street at a meter, and uh, went in and had his breakfast, had his coffee. And as we were getting ready to leave, there is a uh, little Rita meter maid with her machine out there printing the <laughs> telltale ticket. Yes, I'm a hardcore criminal now, have a record, um, but I'm going to fight it. Yeah. I'm going to fight it, man. I, yeah, I think you should, I mean, yeah, even if you're just going to go beg for mercy. So there's, there's you don't sure. just, people always ask, well, I'm, I'm guilty. Why should I fight it? And it's like, listen, sometimes they can't prove it. Right. Sometimes you're not guilty. Sure. Sometimes you just got to go beg for mercy. Well, I mean, the specific thing uh, I was charged with, <laughs> even though I was at a meter, um, was uh, blocking a lane. And uh, I guess the where the meters are, early in the morning, they typically want to keep those open to use them as a lane. The thing is, right now, um, they are unusable because there are heaps of snow and ice um in between each parking spot and uh, extending from the curb a couple of feet. So actually I had my right side wheels up in the air on ice. So <laughs> the lanes aren't usable anyway. I think that's going to be my primary defense. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's always about notice and opportunity to be heard. So remember this, folks. Notice and opportunity to be heard. We have in our country something called procedural due process, which really is if you want to be textual about it, the only kind of due process, we have morphed that into something called substantive due process. I could talk for hours about that, but we won't. No, please. Procedural due process is you have to have notice and an opportunity to be heard. You got your notice, you got the ticket, you got an opportunity to be heard. And then your defense is it wasn't clear from the meter and the signage on the road what the rules of play were. And that's a legitimate defense. I mean, that's that's part of the notice provision that you can't do this. You can't park here. And uh, believe it or not, Norm, there's el- there's also something out there. There's a sign manual out there. And I've done this. I've gone out there. I've gone out to streets, um, busy streets at times, with tape measures, cameras, and the whole nine yards to measure how high a sign that says no parking uh, is from the ground because it matters if it's not posted correctly. And the theory, I guess, would be that uh, you know, you have to, there's a uniform system, but the system I would hope is based on some study somewhere that says it has to be the most visible and this height is the most visible for the most people. But Hey, Steve, this is all about fighting the man that that's all this boils down to you bet. this, this ticket takes my $20 breakfast and makes it a $75 breakfast. It was really so, good though. So, <laughs> So I'm fighting the man. That's I, all. It I is. think you're going to get. I think, and, and I would offer one more bit of advice, legal advice, repre- like good general advice. Hire when, you when you call. Don't be my own lawyer. No, no, this is one where you may be able to work out. Okay, um, if you can keep your cool. Okay, um, you want to call, and when you call, you be conciliatory. You be very, very pleasant. You be uh, if if you call and say you guys are a bunch of greedy pot licking. <laughs> No good, rotten, tax money stealing <laughs> bastards. That's not going to work. Okay. Now, if you say, look, I, you know, I, I made this mistake. I guess there was this truck parked in front of me and it was dark and the meters, uh, because of the big, the drift of snow, I couldn't really get a read on, on what the rules were, but it looked to me like I was okay there. And, you know, I get it. I, I want to do my part, but I, I'm just wondering if there's anything we can do about the ticket. Okay. I'm on it. 
And if you need me to, if you need to loop me in, just three way it, and I'll take care of it. I me. will. I, I am a mouthpiece for a living. Not, not just here at the studio. So lots of things going on out there in the world that really, really matter. I've noticed, yeah. uh, here's what I smell coming. Uh-oh. COVID restrictions lifted. For sure. And those who impose the COVID restrictions the most will take credit for getting through COVID and lifting the restrictions. Sure. It's a Stockholm syndrome. So, you know, we're the, you know, the American population, uh, the American people have been kidnapped you know, and put away and, and, and stuck in jail, uh, you know, and, and fed our rations for the last two years. And so now we, in appreciation to our jailers uh, releasing us, uh, we're, we're going to love them, you know. Yeah. So it's going to be, oh, oh, Joe, thank you. Oh, oh, you know, and, Fauci, oh, God, thank and, you. And this isn't even taking credit for solving a problem that they created. This is like taking credit for lifting restrictions we never needed. Correct. Right. Right. So all the warbling about follow the science, it it turns out that they didn't follow the science and deplatforming crazy Joe Rogan or whatever they want to do because, you know, he he had some some Vax guys on, uh, uh, you know, that that had a different take than the official government line. So they call that misinformation. But it turns out that the government is uh, the officialdom in the government is some of the most misinforming, uninformed and unscientific pontifications that uh, that you could ever, you know, charge. Well, there's there's this notion that you should never attribute um, to evil what can be explained by incompetence. But here I disagree. I, I sat at this table. I don't know if you were down here. Jared and I sat at this table in the dark ages of shutdown times when yeah. we weren't even allowed to be doing it. Sure. Ooh, right. Um, where because we weren't allowed to be here without uh, masks and distancing and all the other nonsense. And I was doing these shows and I was saying, I want to know where the bodies are stacked up because I see all these people out and how like if, if all these people have COVID and are dying from COVID, then where I, I, I don't get it. Right. Because they, and then I surmised along with the exchequer and the rest of us that they're counting people who went to the hospital with COVID, not because of COVID. Right. They were counting as dead those who died with COVID, not because of COVID. I had a very close dear friend of mine in New York. He's upstate New York. He's an attorney, prosecutor up there. And uh, he talked to one of his uh, colleagues who went down to the city to help. Uh, He was an EMT, uh, law enforcement type guy. And uh, he personally was told to categorize a car crash death as a COVID death because the guy had COVID. Well, the Um, classic is the guy who was decapitated, uh, which means his head was separated from the rest of his body. And his death was listed as a COVID death because in the autopsy, they found, oh, this guy has COVID. He had COVID. He's asymptomatic, meaning he has no symptoms. But his head got lopped off in the car accident, so that became a COVID death. Yeah, and it's and, and COVID was determined by a PCR test that was cycled up. That was cycled up. We can go into that later if we wanted to, but Please, scientifically don't. cycled up <laughs> like fifty times plus. And yeah. just to put in perspective, that wouldn't come into a courtroom and be admissible. Uh, what they do is they replicate what they need to test, and they just keep replicating and replicating and replicating, and the, the less, 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 less reliable it becomes. But so I, as I was sitting down here, people would argue with me. People would say, I'm crazy. You're just bitter. You're just this. You're just that. Right. But now, guess what uh, old Joe is doing? Mm-hmm. He's saying, well, we're going to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to make sure we're counting only people who right. have COVID and are sick with COVID, yep. not those um, who uh, just had COVID other conditions that put him in the hospital and then they also had covid right a guy's got a broken leg he's asymptomatic you know maybe he had covid uh, uh you know three months ago he still has the antibodies so oh gosh you had covid so you're a covid patient no dude i broke my leg i'm a broken leg patient yep it's just lying with statistics and this happens so often another one i heard you know it's this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated because well, most of the people who are hospitalized are unvaccinated with COVID. And you know when they started counting? The January, like last January, not right. this January, last yeah. January, before the vaccines had been rolled out. So everybody in the hospital hadn't been vaccinated. 
When it, you say last January, you mean January 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yes. So, right. the, they counted, I don't know if they went back to that, but they might have counted 2021. It might have started January 2021. Okay. When they were talking about those in the hospital were the unvaccinated, by and large. But by, say, by May, you everybody who wanted a shot could get one. Um, so they didn't start counting then. They started counting in January when those in the hospital had no opportunity to even get vaccinated. So we just had this incredible bloom of Omicron, right? So we all know that COVID cases actually went up. What Biden's doing, okay, he's setting up this false narrative that COVID cases are waning and the way he's going to do that is they're not going to go retroactively backwards and correct all the data. He's saying from this point on, we're going to have hospitals bifurcate or separate out non-COVID caused cases from COVID caused cases. Right, sick with COVID versus just have COVID. Right. So we're going to change the stat game in the middle of the game. And it, it, now, but what, still use the numbers from the L, when exactly. they need it. So he's going to get the benefit of saying, "Look what right. I've done during my term. I've COVID right. numbers have plummeted. Right, they're nose diving under my administration, under which my counting method, which will be a complete lie. It's it's what they do with unemployment figures. Everything, yeah, it's it, such it, nonsense. It's what they do with people you know who are willing to go back into the workforce figures. It, it, it you know it's it's the typical government playing stat game. Like, why is COVID a problem if you're not sick? Right. Uh, that's a question I've asked now for. So years. the fact is about COVID. See, we, we we got you know, and I I love Britt Hume. He's he's an old geezer, uh, uh, TV guy uh, from ABC News, then to Fox. He's he's you know been around forever. Uh, I think he knew George Washington personally, and Britt Hume brings it all back to reality. And the facts are that COVID as a virus was not a hell of a lot worse than a really, really bad virus season. And it was nowhere near as bad as the Spanish flu virus uh, of the early 20th century. So it wasn't even, you know, in that kind of league. It was just a bad virus. And it was basically only dangerous to those with pre-existing morbidities, the elderly, and that's basically it. Well, and then look, I, it, and it's ninety-nine point seven recoverable. It 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 barely affected, except for all of the government orders, and you know the side effects, which you know we may or may not be able to document at some point. The side effects of the vaccines and the boosters which, uh, you know, there's some DOD data out there that that's really been an issue for uh, airmen uh, it, with, with, uh, in the military. But besides all that, this thing really is part of our safety culture anymore that we overreact to danger. You know, there's one carjacking, you know, is somewhere in Olathe, Kansas, and it gets put on national TV. And then all the moms and all the suburbs start to think that there's carjacking happening one block away from their house and, you know, in some beautiful suburb somewhere. And and it's how we react to everything. And COVID was just exactly like that. What drove me nuts the most and what, what it, it makes me just want to come unglued and out of my skin now is that what the narrative being pushed or the narrative being pushed now is the same question is it's what I was we were here lots of people I just want to take credit myself lots of people were pushing way back when and saying wait a minute I got this this guy I, I got out of the hospital and they told me I had COVID and I'm not even sick and everybody knew somebody like that and this is not to say if you knew somebody who died of COVID that were downplaying I, I, I don't mean that COVID was dangerous for those who were vulnerable to it very dangerous for those who were vulnerable to it but then that's still not factoring in norm the therapeutics that could have been, would have been, should have been available to those people immediately. Imagine right sure. now if you, if somebody said, "All right, here's what you do: if you get COVID, uh, before here's your initial play: one, two, three, four. Do these things. Here's a therapeutic. Here's what. Here's how we're going to handle it, um, and we can save lives that way." Versus saying, "Sorry, we can't do a darn thing." Um, we'll see you when you get really sick, stick you in a ventilator room and then watch you die alone without your family. I mean, this is, it's, it, it, it's insanity to me. And I, I, I don't know that we'll ever 
it'll ever unravel. It'll be one of those time periods in a hundred years you look back and be like, man, what were they thinking? I just, I just want it said for the record, it was not conservatives who politicized COVID. It was the progressive side. And the best evidence of that is that the therapeutics that in any way are tainted by a comment favorable or not by Donald Trump, somehow those therapeutics then became targets for his political enemies. And we had this terrible mixing of politics with medicine going on where doctors are afraid to use those those therapeutics because they'll get turned in by the pharmacist to the state medical board and their licenses are in jeopardy. And, and this goes back to the misinformation uh, bit. Uh, so like Zeke Emanuel said this week that uh, children, quote, are likely to get a serious case of COVID-19 if they're not vaxxed. Well, you could not have a worse case of misinformation stated by the primary architect for Obamacare, Zeke Emanuel, MD. I want to know when Twitter and Facebook and CNN and MSNBC are going to deplatform. Yeah, that's just not true. Statistically, it's that's not just... true at all. And he had to take it back. So why don't they deplatform? Hold on, say that again. So I want that to they be clear. They need to deplatform what he Zeke said, Emanuel. What he said was. Children who are not vaccinated are likely to get a serious case of COVID. He didn't say can get a serious case. He said they are likely, likely, likely. And it turns out even those on uh, everybody agrees that that's false. It's totally false. It's false. It just doesn't happen. There are there is no study. There's no data. Even the CDC's data. There is nothing that says children are likely to get a serious case so, of COVID-19 now, if Joe Rogan, unless they're vaxxed. If Joe Rogan would have said children never get COVID, he'd have been canceled or there'd be a, a hue and cry to cancel. Well, so, there is a there yeah, is a hue and cry. Sure, that's the point. That's so right. The problem is, is that, it, it, look, if you're going to, I hate censorship on all levels. I think this guy has every right to spout his nonsense if that's what he wants to do. Exactly right. But it, it, it has to work the same for everybody. And I will even go a step farther and say, you can't just justify it by by censoring everybody. So it's like I wouldn't say it's okay to censor Rogan if if you censor this guy. Everybody's got to talk. Well, no, because you and I are rational. We would right. we we would not want to do that. We're free speechers. No, you're a racist, Norm. Yeah, well, you're, you you're know, anti. Uh, I'm I'm like the West Indian and black and Chinese uh, truckers in Canada. I'm I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I'm a white supremacist, uh, even though I'm black and Chinese and a West Indian. Huh? You mean because somebody disagrees with you, you start spouting out uh, baseless accusations about what they believe in? That's what we're down to here, and it's seriously sick. Yes, it is. All right. Well, speaking of sick. Um, so now you got me wound up. Well, it's unwind. <laughs> <laughs> Eat an orange. Something <laughs> says is some of my favorite stories this week um, that just, you know, jacked me sideways. Um, well, hold, hold on. Before we do that, let, let me just wrap this up because yeah. the, ahead, the point we're trying to make here is this. Bring it. Now Biden and company are going to take credit for getting through COVID by one, using the bad numbers based on their now admitted bad counting mechanism that has been in place since the beginning. Right. Two, relying on the correct counting numbers going forward. Right. And then three saying now since those numbers are down, we don't need to mask, we don't need to force vaccinations, we don't need to do any of this, and then pound the table and say, we win. They get to now then try to declare victory over COVID and take credit for it. Here's what I want to point out. Nothing has changed. Nothing, 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 nothing. Right. All the stats are still the same. Right. The cloth masks still don't work. I mean, right? it's, it's just garbage. Mask mandates have never worked. Yeah, it's garbage in, garbage out. Do you people know 100%, this is a scary statistic, 100% of everybody who eats carrots dies. Yeah. Anybody who eats a carrot dies. Did you, did you know that? And, it, and it's even, even more pernicious, everybody who has a glass of water dies. If you have a glass of water, you will die. 
Okay. This is the kind of oversimplified <laughs> statistical nonsense that we're hearing. So that's a point I want to make. Is I mean, and, and what's coming around the corner? The state, honestly, of, the, state of the onion is coming around the corner, and he's going to say, we win. Well, that's right. COVID's done, and I take full credit for Except it. Except he won't say it that energetically, and he'll be squinting his eyes because he can't remember who he is or where he's at. I but, actually feel bad for the man now. It's like he is... No, he's gone. He, he's he's just like yeah. weekend at Bernie's now. Yeah, pull his string on the on his backside, and and he, you know he's a talking Barbie. Yeah. So um, anyway, man, I want to talk about just real briefly how how warm and fuzzy I feel that Michael Avenazzi. Avenazzi I always call him Avid Nazi, Michael Avenadi, or however you say his name. Um, basically euphemistically screwed Stormy Daniels out of her, uh, out of her settlement money, uh, just like he did on the Nike settlement uh, money. So he's been not only uh, probably going to get disbarred, but I think uh, sentenced to, what is it? That 22 years is, is the maximum if you add it all up. So uh, I remember when CNN and Steltzer and Jeff Zucker and, you know, uh, Rachel Madcow and all the other uh, beautiful personalities over there were uh, boosting him uh, as a presidential candidate. Uh, he was going to run against Trump uh, and possibly, you know, be, be this major figure. And this guy was like a media darling. It turns out that he was just, a, you know, a low down money grubbing, you know, uh, guy who steals money from his uh, legal clients. Well, and, and it looks like in New York, this just happened Friday, Love right? Just last Friday, they convicted Avenatti uh, of swindling his former client, Stormy Daniels, the porn star, right. out of 300 grand, give or take, um, right. that she was owed for a book deal she landed after going public about the alleged affair with President Trump. Yep. Um, and whatever he did, he, he he swindled her out of the money. The jury says guilty. Um. And and now he's facing you know this criminal sentence. He hadn't been sentenced yet, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, he was he was Mister Self Righteous. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm taking down Trump, and right. I'm this, I'm that, and he looks right. like a slickster too. You look he was at on him. the View, and right. they they couldn't have you know. They were talking about him running for con- like all sorts president. of president, right? Just I mean, utter insanity. It's like it doesn't matter. They'll right. hitch their wagon to anybody that hates who they hate, right? And uh, it turns out. Uh, he's gotten himself in a real pickle here. And I think he, didn't he fire his lawyers and end up re- representing himself? Well, that didn't work. Yeah, he mostly represented himself. So, uh, you know, um, it, it, people who, it, the lawyers who represent themselves in court have a fool for a client. Now, somebody told me, somebody asked me the other day what fraud was. And, and you know, fraud is like this over, very broad term, and you'd have to read the statutory scheme under which he was charged. But generally speaking, if you provide false information that induces some reliance on it, um, a lot of times this happens, uh, let's say you're a kid and you're applying for student loans and mom and dad fudge their income and make it look like they make less. Well, what's going to happen is they submit that to the government and or a bank and they get a loan based on that fudge number. That's fraud. They would call that bank fraud or mortgage fraud or lending fraud or any sort of uh, federal fraud would apply. State courts have the same thing. So what he did here, I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly the factual details of how he defrauded old Stormy. But um, fraud means you make false statements to and in, in others rely on them, and they are induced by the false statements to do something that gets you an advantage. That's fraud. It's criminal. It's also a civil cause of action for those who have been lied to by a car dealer. That's what you're looking at there, too. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. my two lawyer talk sense on that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, beautiful guy. Um, you can't enjoy the uh, destruction, the meltdown that's happening at CNN more than I do. Uh, so Fredo, you know, of the Godfather, you know, good old Fredo, uh, ratted out Jeff Zucker, uh, Jeff, Jeff Zucker apparently lied, uh, you know, uh, perjured himself, uh, in during discovery, uh, in, in some way, shape or form and denied that he had a relationship on the job. Well, it turns out he has a, a relationship, uh, with the second in command at CNN, uh, a woman with the wonderful last name of go lust, which is uh, just perfect. So, uh, Zucker, uh, Zucker is out. He resigned and, um, 
you know, Fredo uh, evidently has more dirt on his old company at CNN since uh, he was forced out. And, um, you know, it, it, it couldn't be more beautiful. Uh, and uh, I don't well, know. I don't know who's left. Uh, Rachel Madcow's leaving. Uh, uh, Zucker is is out. Uh you know, it seems Cuomo's like Cuomo's out. Who's left? Who it, do they have there? Here's what's interesting: is that the you know you got uh, Stelzer, Stelter, and Stelter? Lemon, Don, Don Lemon, and uh, these guys are now saying, "What a shame! This is stupid. It, we shouldn't just ruin people's lives and cancel everybody as a result of this." And <laughs> right. at the same time, they're going after. Ro- I got to talk about the Rogan thing again because we. But we who did they bring back? Right, a guy who was masturbating uh, in a in a oh, Zoom in a call. Zoom. With women, what's his name? Uh, it was the, the 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 big legal expert at CNN. Uh, you know, they the, so he he was laid off, and then they bring this guy back who who's who committed a sex crime, and and bring that he is their primary uh, legal expert on CNN. Yeah, Jer- Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, um, he was he was masturbating while he's on a Zoom call. He says he thought his feed was off. I mean, mean, what a network. Why not trust them? That's right. Why not trust the most trusted source of news or whatever it is? That's where I would go. And and this is it. We got to circle back because this is a good segue. You know, you got Whoopi Goldberg had her two-week suspension, and she had some grumbling and mumbling about it. And frankly, I don't think she should have been suspended at all. I think, you know, I disagree with Whoopi on a lot of stuff, but... Canceling her for that is is insanity. Well, Whoopi um, wouldn't want us suspended, but she would want us suspended. Right. But 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 we're principled people, and and we have uh you know an intellect that thinks beyond our immediate needs, and and what's best for the country, and that is you know vigorous debate and and a lot of free speech and a lot of openness, and it's what the founders had intended. Yeah. So now we've got this Rogan thing, which this is this is an interesting issue to me. Um, because we talked about this last week, and we're t- I'm going to talk about it again. Because what you have is a situation where you've got. I wonder if these people like actually are 1099 volunteers, or they they just go around that we'll just call them like uh, what what were Nixon's people, the plumbers? Yeah, they're like the plumbers. They go around, they plumb the depths of every single recorded correct con right. recorded sure. word you've ever spoken right. or written. Mm-hmm. And they went back to Rogan, and they found these old episodes where he's using the N word. Okay. And my understanding is I didn't, I, I confess I've not listened to the old episode. Somebody I trust told me what was going on. Um, the N, He was using the N-word in some of the episodes in the context of why can't we use the N-word and sort of talking about it like above it, not not using it to say uh, in a racial way or in a discriminatory way, but using it to say it's weird how we've developed this word that's got this connotation. We should be able to use it as comedians. And then there's an episode where he goes, he really pushes it. Like he's got another comedian on there and he's really pushing this guy. Hey, come on, just use the, go ahead and use the word. It feels good, doesn't it? That kind of thing. And I, I also think that Joe later on in an episode expressed that he regretted doing that. Now that was without a hue and cry. You know, he just sort of thought, yeah, I probably went too far on that one. Um, I don't you know, care about any I, of that. You know, Steve, I got to just say about the N word. So I, I just, uh, listen, if, if what's going to happen, so Spotify has taken down 113 episodes of Rogan so far, around 70 of those because of using the N-word, okay? Which, out of respect for Steve, I won't say the actual word, even though, to me, it should not be a verboten word as long as it's used in context to explain its hate speech. Sure. It is it is a hateful word. It's like saying, you know, kike, spick, dago. Those are all terrible words. I have been called a sand nigger, okay, because I'm half Arab. And so do I get to own that word? Because, you know, the 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 black defenders of blacks using that word, and it's some blacks who defend that, say, well, because it's about my people, I get to use that word in the locker room or, you know, in stand-up comedy because it's within my culture. So do I get to say that because I'm Arab? I mean, it's ridiculous. I think we can talk about that word and use that word, you know, intellectually. I happen to have been catching up on my blaxploitation uh, movies, um, some of which I think are truly great movies and some are junk. But you take a, a series like Roots. Roots is full of the N-word. 
you take uh, Wendell Scott, who's one of my heroes, the first really breakthrough driver in NASCAR of African-American descent. Wonderful man. Uh, movie Richard Pryor made uh, called Grease Lightning, which is kind oh, of yeah, which that. is kind of a comedic send up, but it does have some some period correct um, social uh, uh, kinds of context. And Julian Bond is in that movie. Richie Havens is in that movie. Pam Greer is in that movie. There are a lot of icons of the civil rights movement that are in Greased Lightning, well, and they're using the N-word. So are, is Now, I just watched that on HBO Max, okay? HBO Max still has it up, and it's got the N-word. So why aren't they being required to take down well, here's movie the problem. after... Why isn't Mark Twain is being not, pulled off the shelves? Well, they, well, they do that, actually. Yeah, but, Huck you know, Finn, they're pulling right. Huck Finn for this. Yeah. But here, here's what's interesting. I gave this a lot of thought, and I've, I've threatened over the last several months to write. I wrote a couple articles already, one on science and the law and another on the hue and cry of the mob. And I was going to do another one that was going to be entitled something like, Why You Do Not Want Your Defense Lawyer to Be Woke. And it, it had to do with this, because that word comes up in the context of my profession. And let's say I'm defending somebody, and that word is part and parcel of what I need to do to defend them, irrespective of their color of their skin. Should I use the word? Should I not use the word? And I am worried not, I, and, and I get it, this is a complicated, complicated decision for a trial lawyer, because you know, whether you should or shouldn't use the word is one thing, but whether it's going to help your client or not, even in the context of, um, of, of the bigger picture, in the trial, it matters. In other words, I'm not going to use that word, even if I think it was, I should be able to, if I think it's going to offend the jury and hurt my case. On the other hand, here's the bigger problem. What about a push to forbid the word altogether in a courtroom where all of a sudden now my Sixth Amendment, my client's Sixth Amendment right of confrontation might be compromised? His or her right uh, to present a defense might be compromised. And then I got thinking even further, Norm. It's like my grandmother, uh, bless her heart, and everybody's got a grandmother and a grandfather. They used words that are no longer acceptable today, whether it be race words or gender words or whatever. It's, it's like stuff that has become passe. That, mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't use those words now. Mm -hmm. Are we convicting like, like referring to women as broads broads, right? You know, it's a classic example. Yeah. Right. But it was done regularly and it was accepted in the culture at the time. So sure. it got me thinking about another constitutional provision. That's an interesting one. This is the functional equivalent, the woke equivalent of an ex post facto law. So at the time Rogan was using the word, it, there wasn't a bunch of outcry then. I don't think. So at some point in the recent past, it was acceptable to use that word in the context that you were talking about. Like, let's talk academically about it. Like, why, why is it offensive to people and why shouldn't we use the word? But you're not even allowed to use the word when you're telling people not to use the word, when you're talking about why they shouldn't use the word. It's like it becomes this absurdity. Yeah, and, and then there's segments of the population, as I just mentioned, who feel that, well, hey, you know, when I'm in the locker room or when I'm up on stage – you know, if I'm Chris Rock, I get to use that in well, my sure. stand-up routine, and, and, and I get to use it, but you don't, you know, you uh, can't Larry the Cable Guy can't use it. And then the problem becomes, then you got to blur those lines. Then we have something called a vague law, where it's not always clear when the word is appropriate, when the word isn't appropriate. In other words, let's say uh, somebody has African-American heritage or is black or, but it doesn't, maybe doesn't like, they have light skin. So it's not always obvious. Are they allowed to use the word? Like, uh, because I remember those laws, like one drop sure. of black blood, it makes you, right. uh, makes you a, uh, you're, you fall under the Jim Crow law. You know, it's like, it's so, it's such a nonsensical standard that shifts and moves and, uh, is blurry. Right. And, and really what we're saying is it is being used this kind of ex post facto enforcement of wokeness is not being used in good faith. It's being used to cancel only the people they want to cancel, only the people they want off the air, which is almost always their detractors or those who disagree right. with them. Right. So Whoopi's going to get two weeks for the same thing that, uh, what's her, who's the actress or actor? I guess I'm not allowed to say actress anymore. Uh, the, who did what? She was, uh, the, the Mandalorian. 
Oh, uh, 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 a former uh, fighter, yeah, UFC fighter. Isn't it Jeannie somebody? Uh, I don't know her name, but, but I know who you're She made some about. comments you, right. like referencing the Holocaust or something, and Correct. she got they, Disney fired her for that. Of course. Whoopi's comments, uh, she gets a two-week suspension is coming back. I guess the point is is that they can't even apply their own standards consistently. Right. Um, so it tell, in law, Norm, you'll appreciate this, under First Amendment law, there is a, and I, everybody's going to say, well, then when government counts, you're right. Government action counts, but I'm making an analogy. Right. We are not allowed, any government entity is, is not allowed to engage in what we call in law as content-based regulation of freedom of speech, of speech. Meaning, I can regulate as a governmental entity the time, place, and manner of your speech. You can't go shut down High Street on a busy day to scream your message, but you can go get a permit and do it uh, on a weekend. And as long as they give the permits out equally, like if you're a no good, if you're, if you believe in one cause norm and I believe in another, they can't say, well, we're going to favor norms cause because we don't like yours. That's content based, um, uh, issuance of the permits, right? but they're not allowed to, to, or your status as a, as an authorized student group, sure. uh, for your, uh, for your, uh, what do they call it? Your, um, your student activity fee, which is not optional when you go to college, everybody has to pay it. And some groups get authorized and get funding and get a room to use and, you know, get some, get some money to distribute a newsletter or whatever. And then other ones don't, and it becomes very political. And that's the ultimate issue in this debate, which is you can't have content-based regulatory schemes on speech based on your political position one way or another, and the government certainly can't. So why should we, and, and everybody's going to say this, and I know the argument is that, uh, well, it's not the government doing it. CNN can do what they want. Uh, Spotify can do what they want, etc. I agree, except that's, it's not quite like that, you know? No, it's not. You've got the president or the executive branch saying we are urging people to uh, to we're urging the tech companies not to let uh, not to disseminate facts and or false things about uh, COVID. Sure, they're bringing in the CEOs of the social media companies, and they're haranguing and pointing their bony finger in their faces, saying you need to take what they refer to as hate speech, which hate speech to the progressives really is anything they disagree with. It, it can be about, you know, funding for build back better, you know, traffic uh, laws or uh, car uh, emission standards. And if you just have a technical disagreement with them, you're branded as a white supremacist. Yeah. So, and and that, that's another good point. It's like you get, you get, hit with this brand, this, this notion that, all right, that's hate speech, or you're a, you're a racist, or you're a white supremacist, or that's hate <laughs> speech. But there isn't a good definition of those terms to judge how somebody might qualify. And look, I know you don't like Joe Rogan. Um, fine. but No, I, I mean, I like Joe Rogan. I, I, listen, I'm friends with a lot of morons. He <laughs> calls himself a moron. All I'm doing is agreeing right. with look, Joe Rogan. Uh, fair enough. Uh, okay. It's not about like or not like. No, but it's, it's not. It's, I, 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 no, he's I, dumb, and he did a dumb thing this week again, but, uh, apologizing uh, for something he shouldn't apologize for. I, I agree. But it's a $100 million, uh, you know, uh, golden handcuffs that are so, on him. But two more things about that. Which, one, which shows you what I, which demonstrates exactly what I think about him. Well, one is that Joe Rogan may be a lot of things. I doubt that he is a racist. I doubt that he is the white supremacist. And I doubt that no. he wants to see people die of COVID first. No. No. Secondly, um, I agree with you hundred percent. I, I texted somebody else I know, and we had a, actually later had a call about it. I think he made a huge mistake apologizing. I think a better, a better approach would be, Look, I had the conversation at the time. Looking back when I have it again, I don't know. Probably not. I certainly am not racist then. I'm not racist now, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Right. And standards change, ladies and gentlemen. Right. What we talked about 10 years ago and the words we use may not be the same as they are today, and it doesn't make any sense to hold me to an ex post facto regulatory wokeness that didn't exist back then. I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that. Right. Now, I am going to say I do respect that people look at that word in a certain way. And when it's used that way, it's derogatory. It sounds horrible and people don't like it. So I don't call people that. And I don't use the word anymore. It's like, that would have been perfectly fine. Instead, he apologized. They're yanking his prior content. They're, they're going through this, this, 
this uh, this. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? They're going through the motions of making it look like he's uh, he's repenting. Right. And I think a lot of it is for money, which brings up the next lawyer talk question. <laughs> he got offered from Rumble $100 million for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if that was before or after. And somebody asked me this question, and it was a good one. And you brought it up again, too. Um, does he violate a non-compete agreement by jumping ship with Spotify? if Rogan goes to Rumble or another platform? Um, and the answer is a resounding, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we, we don't have his contract. We don't have his contract. But I could tell you this, having watched just watched uh, the three uh, Shaft movies and Superfly, so four black exploitation movies, uh, just because I'm interested in what early 70s culture uh, is like, uh, that's when I was growing up uh, as a as a teenager, and um, I had never seen those movies um, unedited. They they would be on you know broadcast media, and they would take out all the you know dirty words and the sex scenes. So I I thought, huh, wow, look at this. Netflix has Superfly, which has that cool Curtis Mayfield you know song, Superfly. So, you know, it, 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 which I love that song and I love Shaft, the, the Isaac Hayes Shaft song. And I just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take in those, those four movies, dude, if you did to those four movies, what they did to Joe Rogan and string together every N word usage, uh, because these would have video too. Right. And you would show like some scowling, you know, white. Uh, nasty gangster spewing out in the most hateful way the N-word, you know, to John Shaft, right? And, and, and you just watch that. It would be like 10 or 12 minutes continuous of the N-word, the N-word, the N-word in those movies. And, of course, Shaft and Superfly themselves are using the N-word. Their friends are using the N-word in conversation with them. Their girlfriends are using the N-word in conversation with them. And it was like this was just a routine way of talking amongst that population back then. And I was blown away. I was just absolutely blown away by it culturally and sociologically. And I, I would encourage people to think a little bit that if we're going to have a scourge where we take down any media, we take down books, we take down people's podcasts, we take down any instance where the N-word is used, uh, there's going to be a lot of content that gets taken down. Well, what about, and not only that, the educational value of it is lost. And and like, what about, I was just thinking of a movie, Mississippi Burning. Remember that with Gene Hackman? And sure. um, there's a lot of names in that movie. Sure. Matthew, uh, um, his sidekick in that movie, uh, McConaughey. No, was no, it, no, 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 no. He, he wasn't in Mississippi? No, I don't, he was in uh, the, uh, the Time to Kill. Okay. Um, Mississippi Burning was, uh, well, hold on, let me look it up. But anyway, in Mississippi Burning, I'm sure, I don't remember a specific instance of that word being used. Well. I'm sure it was, and it was used in the context to show what racist assholes existed then? Well, I, I mentioned Roots before. Yeah, Roots, same thing. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what you're going to take down all the instances? I mean, uh, I mean, God, you know, what are we going to have, like, some kind of cultural court to decide which instances are authorized? It, it just, well, I hated this in the 80s. I hated this in the 80s when government was trying to do the same thing come with on. putting warning labels on stuff. What, Mrs. Gore? And, and, yeah, Mrs. Gore was part yeah, of it. The Democrats, tipper. once again, were restraining free speech. That was Tipper Gore. Let me see. Who are the cast of Mississippi Burning? Willem Dafoe. Oh, I Willem love Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, he's good. Flight of the Intruder. And uh, he is so good in that movie. The oh Platoon. He was in Platoon. Yeah, right. As the Christ figure. And did a did a phenomenal job acting that out. Actually, oh. so did uh, Tom Berger for that movie. Yeah. Um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Eh. I know. You know, when you look back, that movie looks sort of dated. I've watched that recently with my son. It's like the haircuts are a little bit dated. It, it looks like in the eighties. Yeah. They, like they kept their eighties. Style. I know, they couldn't help it. And you know who else did that? Uh, Clint Eastwood did that in um, 
What's the movie where he climbs a cliff or the? It's he's a so he's a World War II guy. Oh wow! Was okay. it Kelly's Heroes or was Kelly. it? Um, might have been Kelly's Heroes. Okay. I'm thinking yeah. where, where they had like these 70s style. Sure, right. In a 40s well, movie, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, you know, hey man, odd as oddball the tank commander. Yeah, talking like a you know a 69. 1970, 1971 and, hippie. And the big red one, remember that? Sure. It's the same thing. Like yeah. you had all these guys and it's like great movie, but yeah, it, it right. just looks so temporally screwed up. Right. Anyway, I don't know what we we're talking. I guess the point is that there. Uh, look, can, can I pick up on screwed up or you need to finish this up? No, finish it up. Okay. Well, no, I wasn't going to finish it. I was changing subjects. All right. All right. We're good. Are we out? Yep. Uh, one of the most outrageous things that's going on in real time right now is the Olympic Games in uh, in China, China, in communist China? Um, the the uh, in particular, what is outrageous to me, and this isn't the first time it's happened. We've had uh, we've had athletes born and raised in the United States uh, assign themselves to a foreign country uh, to make some kind of idiotic statement that they feel they need to make. Um, and a lot of people are really chafing, in particular because of this uh, this thing, and it's a real thing. Yeah, Eileen Gu. Yeah, where these where these uh, Chinese communist uh, citizens come to the United States, they get jobs as professors or IT people or whatever. They marry Americans, or they or they come in as a couple. It doesn't matter, but they come in. They take advantage of the freedoms and the opportunities and the graciousness of Americans with open hearts that accept people from foreign countries. We're, we are probably the most diverse country in the world. And racial tensions, uh, despite what the media would portray, are actually quite low. People in America are very accepting of other people, of other cultures. And so we bend over backwards to accommodate uh, you know, people from uh, mainland China, the Chinese communists. We hope that maybe by learning about America, living here for, you know, 10, 20 years, that maybe when they do go back, they take back the idea of, of an open society, a society where uh, free speech is encouraged, or at least, you know, we hope it continues to be encouraged. And, uh, and uh, all of the all of the benefits of democracy and representative government. Well, here you got a girl okay, uh, that, you know, was raised. Well, let's get some background, though. So what she do? So here's what she is. One of the finest free skiers in the world, graceful and daring and utterly fearless off the ski. She possesses model level poise, speaks two languages, okay. fluently, plays uh, uh, a deft <laughs> piano and is preparing to right. attend Stanford this fall and exhibits the kind of compassion and empathy Wonderful. that allows millions of her social okay. media followers to feel. Okay. They put, truly put it on her, her. Put it on her Wheaties box in an Olympic short. Okay. Hey, uh, I've had enough about how wonderful she is. Right. She won a gold medal, but she didn't compete for the United States. She was born in the United States. Okay. Her father is a U.S. citizen. She's a U.S. citizen unless she renounced it. And well, it, she's not saying whether she well, is. Well, uh, yeah. I understand. I said, you know, if. And she is. Uh, she was raised in, in, you know, in the United States continuously. And she, you know, played around and learned, uh, you know, did did her training in the United States at Lake Tahoe, places like that. And and yet she flips and decides, probably for monetary reasons, that I can be a much bigger hero, you know, to the Chinese communists, uh, you know, probably earn a lot more money. Uh, you know, if I if I break my fealty to the United true, States, though? is that true? Oh, Sharon? she's going to get a paycheck and a half from those people. Yeah. You bet. You know, a, so you a, think they paid her off to say go ski for no, China? No, I'm saying her commercial opportunities to to endorse products in China. Yeah, I don't know be, because she's an American who rejected America. Right. She's half Chinese descent, and she Does joined. That count? She joined, well, yes, it does, because what it says is, hey, I looked at American life for 20 years of my life, and I decided, no, that's really not as good as being a communist Chinese. Except she wants to still live in America. Well, she, well as many of them do. So she has, 
so she decided to ski for China as part of the Chinese Olympic team instead of being on the American Olympic team. And I just find that outrageous. Well, let me as ask far you this as question. I'm concerned, she should just go live in China. Then. Let me ask you a question. Should the government, should the United States government prevent that? No. I agree with you. No, the United States, no, there should be no law or anything. If, if she renounced her citizenship, then I, then I would like the, I would like the United States then to strip her of any benefit. She shouldn't be allowed to vote. She should. Well, sure, you renounce you know, citizen, you shouldn't be a citizen. Exactly. Right. So, but as far as if I want to, now let's say she doesn't renounce her citizenship and I, let's just say I'm a, I'm a, um, a dual citizen. I'm an Italian my my both my parents are from italy and i was born here but i'm gonna go ski for italy right do i have to renounce my citizenship to do it should i just no. be allowed to go ski for italy no it, i don't it, know the rules well the rule is up to the host country so what people are the reason people are asking her about renouncing citizenship is the chinese communists say that in order to ski for them you must be a chinese citizen oh, all right so they're saying and and you can't be a Chinese citizen and also be an American citizen per Chinese law. So what are the Americans going to do about it? Right. I think I got you. So, so. anyway, that's an, it, to me, it's outrageous. No, I, do I want right. anybody to do anything to her? Of course not. All right. I got one for you. Shifting. Do gears. I hate her? No, I don't hate her. I don't hate anybody. Shifting gears. Have we, have we beat that horse enough? Yeah, man. All right. Have you read this one? And, and honestly, sometimes these headlines, they just sound, they're, they're meant to grab your attention. But the Biden crack pipe program, yeah, the Biden crack pipe, thirty program, million dollars. They're going to allocate. They, and I don't know how where this money's coming from. From from where, like uh, Department, uh, Department of Health, Department of Health and Human, Human Services. Services. They want to. They want to. Uh, no, they're not, they don't want to. They are doing it. They're allocating thirty million dollars of your tax dollars to give crack users crack pipes. It's worse than that. Safe smoking kits. No, it's worse than that. Hold on. All right. It's not to give any crack smoker, you know, like Hunter Biden. So it wouldn't he would not be a beneficiary of the program. It is targeted to benefit the underserved. Okay, so the underserved crack users. Oh my and gosh. they specifically mentioned blacks. So based on race and L they specifically mentioned LGBTQ plus plus plus, right? Uh, people as underserved in the crack pipe uh, ability to buy good crack pipes and to buy good cleaning kits. They can't go to water beds and stuff. Right. So instead of using an old, you know, car antenna or something, you know, something hollow, which might cut their lip, these are going to be super high quality crack pipes. And I just say, hey, man, pass a crack pipe. I, and, and, and I guess, you know, the person you're talking to would say, well, I can't because the HHS hasn't sent it to me yet. That one blew me away, man. Yeah, that's a mind blower. This one, this is like, it's not like saying we're going to have a preference in um, right. in COVID-19 uh, loans right. or grants for farmers. Which is outrageous. Which is, which is outrageous, too, or even treatment. This is like saying, we're, it, think, about, think about what he's saying. Right. We're going to give better paraphernalia paraphernalia which which, which, which causes people, you and i both know head shops have been shut down and people sure. have gone to jail for distributing privately but to, but it's high a, quality crack pipes but it's but it's a we're going to give them better implements to use a dangerous drug that's really bad for their success in life. Okay, so uh, I learned uh, from reading J.D. Vance's book that hillbilly is not a dirty word. I'm going to use it. Um, and Billy Ray Cyrus. I read that too not. last so, week. Good anyway, yeah. so hillbilly's not a... So I'm going to say, okay, uh, moonshine, you know, untaxed moonshine is um, illegal, and some of it will kill you. So why doesn't HHS distribute better uh, stills, quality stills, and why not just Let's go ahead and crystal snifters? Just deliver <laughs> the give us just, some good dude, snifters, dude. Just deliver the product. Yeah. Why don't we instead of making these poor guys out in the hills and hollers make their moonshine? Why doesn't HHS simply deliver a couple of jugs a month of high quality? you know, very, you know, pasteurized. It's all, you know, it's all perfect. It's clean. Just start giving away free booze. Give away the booze. Yeah. 
I mean, let's get right down to it. And, you know, the same would go for, you know, any of these other drugs. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the crack itself. I mean, who knows? Now, here we're into an interesting discussion. We can take it out of politics for a second. Uh, Because giving... Giving a crack, crack, first of all, giving crack pipes to people is lunacy to me. And then giving crack pipes to people by by racial preference is even crazier. Right. Um, but then you just get into this notion. It's like and sexual uh, preference and right. sexual preference. It's, crazy. it's like you get in this notion of whether the what's the government libertarian if you're going to take that position involvement in drugs and right. dangerous drugs. Right. And that that's an interesting discussion to me. I mean, you right. can say should we have lawful? Should marijuana be against the law? Should Shouldn't it be the same as tobacco or same as alcohol? How about heroin? How about crack? How about cocaine? Should they be against the law? Because if you just got rid of all those laws, there would be no uh, legal preference favoring the rich crack users versus the poor crack users or the and under what underserved crack underserved users underserved communities underserved communities. Right. Uh, it would just be uh, everybody could have equal and access. And underserved to by who? Right. I don't. Uh, I mean, it's a bizarre. It's it's so it's bad bizarre. for everybody. Right. I mean, I think we can all agree, like smoking crack daily is bad for right. everybody. I mean, look at Hunter. It ruined his life. Ruined his life, yeah. Right. His wife left him. Uh, he lost his laptops. Shouldn't he get free crack pipes? You know, had to take up uh, an art uh, career. Yeah. So, so, you know. He didn't have to smoke it out of Mountain Dew cans anymore. <laughs> all right. Uh, we got time for a couple more. Let's go to Norm's Nuggets. Uh, well, yeah. So there's uh, several outrages. Uh, and then there's some that are not outrage. Uh, so a lot of people have tried to make a big uh, scandal, and and maybe there's one there that we'll find about uh, find a find out about later on. But the Intel uh, campus, uh, thousand uh, acres, being located uh, into uh, and will be an- annexed into New Albany, uh, located in Licking County. Uh, a lot of people are trying to make a, a hoo ha about the. Uh, incentives that the state and New Albany offered to land that uh, Intel deal. Hey, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I, you know, DeWine and the Department of Development, the people at Lick- in Licking County and New Albany, they're competing with 49 other states and, and, and obviously with other countries for Intel to locate that plant and so they gave away, I think New Albany gave away 30 years of property taxes and, you know, all kinds of things. Um, those are just the facts of life. I mean, that's well, just. It's the same thing that uh, Casio-Cortez did. Like she, yeah. she, she uh, poo-pooed right. this up in New York when, sure. uh, who was it Walmart? Who was going to come in? It was, that was uh, Amazon. Amazon. Right. And she lost it. So all like, I, I, I'm, I go both right. ways on this one. It's like if we are going to let entities, governmental entities, offer incentives to bring corporations to uh, to their community, well, then, you know, you've got to look at the benefits to the community and what's it costing and then right. what's, the, what's the ultimate outcome. Now, here's where it gets scary to me. It's like, what if they just bring in external labor? They fly in all the- Well, all the H-1B buy-in. visa people. Yeah. You know, people from other countries. And, and so people in Licking County or Central get Ohio- Get no benefit. Or, or even other uni- United States citizens- don't get the benefits, but they bring in H-1B folks from uh, China or India. Now, there's still, there's still a benefit in the sense that dollars are being spent in the community. Right. Um, but it's not the benefit. It's not the jobs. It's not the direct yeah. uh, connection people want. Right. So I'd need to know more about how I feel about it. But right. just but on conceptually, the face. Conceptually. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, you got to compete. If you want to land a plant like that, you're going to have to compete against the other states. And it's, you know, I just need... If you want Rogan, you got to offer $100 million. You want want Lawyer Talk Podcast? What are we going for? Now, if they watered up some dollars and stuck it in a politician's pants pocket, now now we're talking something different. But, you know... That's criminal. It's already against the law. But from what I understand, offering incentives, if if New Albany wants to give away property taxes, uh, you know... Here's my concern. That's that's their budgetary decision. It happens. So we're sort of stuck with the playing field. But my concern with that stuff is it does lead. It's a fertile crescent for corruption. Yes, it is. When you, like you said, stuff in pockets. Right. But uh, all right, we got time for a couple more. Um, So uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, secretary of the U.S. Department of Transportation, announced this past week that he wants to have a zero death uh, on on the roads uh, target. And the Department of Transportation is committed uh, as its goal to having zero deaths 
And I say to Pete Buttigieg, not only is that impossible and impractical, and it, and it should not be a goal, but the way to achieve that goal would be just not to go anywhere. Well, this is when stay you, home, look, stay on the porch. Uh, there's no such thing as full unemployment, and there's no such thing as zero highway deaths. Well, the Department of Transportation officially is encouraging people to use like rails to trails, bicycle trails. Right, so you're, you're going to end up having bicycle deaths. I mean, dude. Right. I mean, I, I don't know what to say to a guy like that. I, I, I mean, he's talking and acting I know like, he, like he's a, a former mayor of some insignificant town in Indiana or something. <laughs> I know what to say to him. He needs to go study basic economics yeah. because whenever you like, no matter what you do, the dike will leak somewhere else. Right. You know, you, you cannot. There's always a consequence to your decisions. The other th- the, another issue that came up is Mike Pence, uh, you know, pushback on uh, former President Trump about what exactly was his role. Uh, was it just, um, you know, magisterial or ministerial in, in simply saying, okay, I have so many electoral votes from this state and, uh, and that goes to this guy and, and the other ones go to that guy and he's just, you know, he's just there as the announcer. Well, it turns out that there's an 1887 Electoral College Act that is still on the books, it's still law, and it does talk about the vice president using some discernment on his part to determine if the votes are, for, you know, layman's terms, legal. So I do understand what President Trump was talking about. I don't know. I'm not smart enough, and I don't know what. And apparently, this issue is fuzzy enough that it's never really been litigated, and the Supreme Court has not passed on exactly what the vice president's role is. But I can see where two well meaning, intelligent individuals might have a disagreement about how that works. And so, if you are automatically saying Mike Pence was wrong, or you're automatically saying Mike Pence is right, I think the real answer is we don't know what the hell is right or wrong. It is a very fuzzy law. I read it, and I have to tell you, you know, after me crunching it out with, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I, 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 I don't remember, really, I don't really know what the hell the vice president's role is. I remember digging into that at the time, and I can't. I, I, I did some research, and it was beyond just. Um, it's fuzzy. It, it, it wasn't. There was no precedent, really, though, for Pence just to say we're not going to uh, elect Biden uh, out of hand. I mean, I I guess I look at it this way: whether you, well, whatever, they, there the, there was precedent, and that's why they passed that law. So Rutherford B. Hayes actually they did turn down as crooked uh, the uh, the the votes that came in from one or two states. And um, and uh, who was it? Uh, the other, the Democrat lost, and Hayes won. See, I I thought that that my recollection was nobody had ever used that law to nobody had used this law. That's right. Right. Okay. This was okay. passed in the wake of that election. I got you. Okay. I got right. you. I got you. So I look. I think had Mike Pence uh, not certified the electoral college. I don't know what it would have been. It would have been a crazy chaotic Well, he would time. not have accepted. I guess the way it would have gone down, he would say uh, in, it, it was two states. It was uh, Pennsylvania and Arizona, as I recall. Uh, and it, there were two states where the states themselves or the, the uh, General Assembly of, of those two states had asked that those votes not be counted by the vice president because they didn't feel like the count was complete yet. Yeah. They were still counting. Well, that's a different story. And it they've... didn't. It wasn't audited. And a, a lot of the problem people have with the presidential election right now is that by the time you do an audit and by the time you completely investigate the situation, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, the guy's already been sworn in. Yeah, and I think um, you know that's the problem. It's a fate like accomplished. Yeah, it's a right without a remedy or whatever the the old saying would go. So, right. All right, I got one more, and then we're going to close it out. What go truckers? No, nah, we'll talk about the truckers okay. next week. I'm talking about the Michigan mom who said SpongeBob SquarePants told her to kill her three year old daughter. Oh, I don't know about that one. That is truly sick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Did yeah. she in fact kill 
Her kids? I guess so. The mother of a three-year-old Michigan girl found stabbed inside a garbage bag. Jesus Says SpongeBob told her to kill her in a hallucination. So uh, we can take that one home. Well, that's That's, like uh, that guy that uh, used a spear spear gun to, to kill his two children because he thought that they were reptilian creatures that the guy down in Florida or something. Yeah. I bring that up because it's, it's led me to what, do a, what a great um, way to end the show. A great way to end the show. I'd like to say something positive. Well, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. I brought that up because it, I'm teasing a soon to come lawyer talk breakdown on the insanity defense. Okay. So anyway, interesting. Like, yeah. Um, I'd like to uh, shout out to uh, Michael Shank racing these are the these are the guys here in Central Ohio that won the Indy 500 last year. Um, another with, win, right? They had another win. They had another win. They won the 24 Hours at Daytona uh, th- just last weekend, and uh, in the top class with Helio Castroneves again driving the same guy who won the Indy 500 for them uh, last um, uh, summer. So. Michael Shank Racing uh, here in Central Ohio turning out to be, uh, you know, a Penske, Chip Ganassi level, uh, very serious contender. Uh, The two, I mean, the only only other race that ranks up with the Indy 500 and the 24 Hours at Daytona would be like winning the Daytona uh, 500. And Michael doesn't field a stock car yet. But uh, amazing, and congratulations to everybody at Michael Shank Racing. All right. Well, that sounds like a good place to wrap it up. The, the usual uh, housekeeping affairs. Uh, we, this is the roundtable discussion, the Lawyer Talk roundtable discussion. You can check it out at lawyertalkpodcast.com. Brett, dealing with a family situation, uh, praying for them. Uh, next week, uh, we will be back with a roundtable. We, we will also be back with another Blitz Q&A session as well as a Lawyer Talk Q&A session. If you have a question, if you have a topic, heck, if you even want to just come down and hang out at the roundtable with the crew here, happy to have you in as long as you're not going to be a jackass and you got something interesting to say, then we like to hear what people have to say here, not censor them. So... Um, let us know at lawyertalkpodcast.com. Uh, we are here at the roundtable weekly. This has been Lawyer Talk off the record on the air, at least until 